my racist dinosaur movie. The N-word is said about 200 times and there's lots of death and RAPE! There's only one character left that needs to be casted, unless you're a feminine. He has about a hundred lines, he's a real fun one. This is a serious offer, by the way. Welcome to the shitposter.club anime review podcast. I'm your host, Rabbi Dadstein Fatherwitz. <laughs> With me is my trusty sidekick, Cool Boy Mew. Hey. Today we're going to review, what is it, summer 2014 anime yeah, season. Yeah, There's a lot at, to cover. We're at summer 2014, so we're about almost halfway done. After this, there's like five more years. And it gets worse from Yeah, still tons of material to cover. So uh, let's start with uh, Tokyo Ghoul. So I'm pretty sure you've heard of this, of this one. Uh, yeah, I've read a few chapters of the manga, but I didn't find it interesting at all. Uh, honestly, this is kind of, uh, th this was odd topic, the anime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, basically, you you got this guy Kaneki Ken, yeah, I believe he's called. So uh, he accidentally gets into an accident with um, with some sort of ghouls, which are vicious creatures uh, that exist alongside humans. They they eat humans, and uh, well, they eat humans, and they just uh, attempt to blend into the society. So. He gets into, he gets attacked, he gets into an accident, and uh, he accidentally he gets a ghoul um, a body parts, whatever uh, organ organs is the word I was searching for. He get ghoul's organ uh, grifted into him, and then he becomes some sort of like off ghoul or whatever. And well, he has to live with uh, with his new secret. Uh, being a ghoul is hard because uh, that means that um, th there's a special police that uh, is always chasing after you, and they have some sort of uh, special fucked up weapons. And also, uh, he cannot eat anything. They can just dr he can just drink coffee. That's it. Yeah, from what I read, it seemed like a standard vampire story. It didn't really capture my interest. Yeah, kind of. Um, it wasn't too bad, but uh, honestly, I, I really don't like what happens to the main character later on. Yeah, we try to avoid major spoilers on this show, but you can spoil uh, anything if you like. If Basically, the, something happens to the character... And then the, the character completely changed into the, this kind of Gary Stu uh, character. And uh, he's basically central to the story, but he's like not the focus anymore or something. I just kind of lost interest. It, it was weird. Oh, but you still liked it enough to put it on your decent to watch list? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it's not terrible. I just personally lost interest. I watched two seasons. The, the third season came. I was like, eh, enough. It, 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 it's one of those shows where I um, I, I basically um, picked up too much in a season. And at some point, I just had to drop something. For some reason, my interest was just near, was, just wasn't there. 
it might have been a mistake it might not have been a mistake i'll never know unless i pick it up at some point and see yeah i bet if i was 10 years old and this was my first anime i'd love it oh yeah yeah for sure uh, I, I know that, uh, like, uh, t- t- teenagers are really into this anime. Hell, uh, uh, on anime list, popularity number seven. seven. So, yeah. Shit. Seven. It's a fucking eye. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, moving on. Thank you, Notter. Oh, my God. Okay, Did I have no one. idea what this is. Uh you might have heard of maybe the English title Terror and Resonance. Nope. Okay, so uh, there was something about the director, I think. Let, let me check quickly. Uh, what else did he made? Oh, yeah, he's, um, he's the director of Cowboy Bebop. Okay. So, Shamurai Shampoo Space Dandy. So, he, he made some good shit. But but this one, I don't know. The, the problem is that it, w- it was absolutely amazing until it suddenly wasn't. So what's it about? My God, where, where, where do you even begin? I think I'll just read the synopsis. Painted in red, the word Von is all that is left behind after a terrorist attack on a nuclear facility in Japan. The government is shattered by their inability to act and the police are left frantically searching for ways to crack down the perpetrator the public are clueless until six months later a strange video makes its way into the internet and it two teenage boys who identified themselves only as finks directly challenge the police threatening to cause destruction and mayhem across tokyo unable to stop the mass panic quickly spreading through the city and desperate for any leads and their investigation the police struggle to act effectively against these terrorists with detective kenjiro shibazaki cut in the middle of all of it so basically you have this detective and um uh, he, at- he attempts to catch uh, the-, the two kids who are the terrorists so uh, it- it's pretty amazing pretty freaking amazing until it stops being about that oh this sounds pretty cool oh it is it is but you say there's some sudden change in it well uh, without spoiler at some point the detective just gets um he just gets sidelined and it gets uh, it becomes shit from there oh that sucks yeah, that that really sucks because if they just kept uh, with, with with the detective and the and the two genius kids, yeah, it it will it would have been absolutely amazing for me to see. Yeah, have you seen all of Cowboy Bebop? I can't remember. Unfortunately, no. I've seen a few episodes, however. Uh, later on, there's a subplot where there's uh, this cult called Scratch that sends uh, videotapes around trying to get people to join, and they end up being crazy terrorists. So maybe this anime is uh, Watanabe trying to expand upon that idea. Maybe. Maybe. But I can confirm. <laughs> I cannot confirm. So anyways, moving on. Uh, this is a slice of life comedy. Gikken Shoujo Nozaki-kun. 
Okay, the so, English title is Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Yep. Uh, this is uh, surprisingly, it was... Uh, uh, nope, nope, I'm not saying it. I, I'm not sure if this is a shonen or, um, or shoujo, because I, at least the, um, the, the art is totally... Um, it, it seems aimed to girls, but it, as far as I remember, everyone loved this. So basically, the synopsis, Chiyo Sakura is a cheerful high school girl who has fallen head over heels for the ob oblivious Umetaro Nozaki. Much to Chiyo's confusion, when she confesses to her beloved Nozaki, he hands her a, an unfamiliar autograph. As it turns out, the stoic teenage boy is actually a respected shoujo mangaka, publishing under the pen name Sakiko Yumeno. A series of uh, misunderstandings leads to Chiyo becoming one of Nozaki's manga assistants. It's an interesting twist. It, it's actually pretty funny. I, I remember everyone loving this. So uh, th th this is a decent watch. I'm just looking over the info here on my anime list. Uh, since this is a comedy, I unfortunately don't have much more to say about it. <laughs> like you said, from the art style, it's hard to tell who the intended audience is, because this looks yeah. shoujo as hell. Yeah, the, uh, I, th I think it's the point, since it's about, you know, a mangaka who's a shoujo artist. But uh, I, I wonder, is, is the author a woman? I mean, because of the art, let, 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 let's see quickly if we can... It'd be funny if it was a man using a woman's pen name. Oh, it, it, could, it could be possible, I suppose. <laughs> Just I, like in the story. I suppose there, there could be, like, men uh, that make shoujo manga. Well, why the hell not? Yeah, there's men who write romance novels, and they almost always use pen names for women. Yeah, but pen names are important. It's uh, it, it's all about how the, um, the reader views you. Yeah, marketing and all that. Yeah, it, it's made by a woman. Now that we've verified it's not worth reading or watching. <laughs> but yeah, according to Wikipedia, the, demo the demographic is shonen. It's an odd mixture. Maybe I should actually watch this. However, it's published by Square Enix. So as far as I'm aware, Square Enix has quite the publishing arm. Because they, uh, they're the same that publish Black Butler, I believe. Uh, wish I said the same thing as... it. it, it Everything about it uh, shall not be a shonen, but it is. Yeah, I think they so, published uh, Full Metal Alchemist, too. Yes, Square Enix Publishing Arm is crazy. Like, yeah. like they, they all have the, the crazy weird shit. Yeah, come to think of it, Full Metal Alchemist is also written by a woman, but it's popular with everyone. Mm. So, so there you go. So anyways, Gekken Shoujono Zegikun, it's, uh, it, it seems like it's been forgotten. I haven't heard that name in forever, but I, I remember it uh, being pretty popular when it uh, came out. Hell, on my anime list, it's ranked at uh, 110 and popularity 145. So Yeah, not bad. There we go. So anyways, moving on, Kuroshi Tsuji. Basically, Black Butler, book and a book of circus. This is the third season. It completely ignores the second season and just continues on as normal. 
Yeah, I don't know anything about this series. I know you covered the first season before, but honestly, you got caught in the sea of other stuff you mentioned. Yeah, of course. But anyway, this is the third season. It's worth watching. I've already talked about about the series, so let's just move on to Sabagibu. This one is freaking awesome. Let's just read the synopsis first. Uh, draw your weapons and take aim because Seba Gibu is coming at you. Momoka Sonokawa was just minding her own business in the train one day when she encountered a pervert. Before she could do anything about it, a girl named Mio appears, brandishing two pistols and scaring him off, only to be arrested herself a few minutes later for possessing firearms. Later, Momoka sees the same girl at her school and follows her to a rundown building. It turns out Mio is the president of the school survival game club, and it doesn't take long for Mio to capture Momoka and force her into joining them. So uh, uh, this is a really awesome comedy, and um, there's something I know. Um, the The main character is a, is a hilarious asshole. She, she keeps being a mean asshole to every to everyone. And uh, th- this was not this way in the manga. They, they actually over-exaggerated the-, the way she is in the anime. Which works for a comedy. Yeah, it works wonderfully because it, it, this is super awesome. Uh, you probably saw it. Uh, you know the, um, the the anime clip where you see like a, a crab uh, giving people weapons or something? Yeah, I've, I've seen that clip. This is from this. Yeah, that was pretty entertaining stuff. So yeah, this is absolutely amazing comedy, and it's worth a watch. It's one of those zany comedy shit don't make sense. At some point, crabs have uh, airsoft weapons. Uh, Grandmas have airsoft weapons. It's it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, the clip I saw showed a crab protecting a platypus with guns and murdering anime girls while they're trying to shoot back at it. Basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely adding this to my list. So this is worth watching and then moving on. This one was unfortunately kind of mediocre. It's uh, Rokujoma no Shin Ryakusha. Yeah, invader of the Rokujoma. Uh, Rokujoma is basically a Japanese apartment that's this just a single room and that's it. It's a tiny, tiny apartment. Yeah, like studio apartments, they call them in the States. Oh, worse than studio. It's literally like... Um, uh, wait, th- th- this is like a special term ex- just for this. I just Googled it, but I, I, I can just find the, uh, the anime because I, I know it's, it's something specific. Oh, it's six tatami mat apartment. Yes. That's freaking tiny. This is very, very tiny. So basically what happens is after Kotaro Satomi's father is suddenly relocated for his job, the first year high school student is faced with finding a cheap place to live by himself. Naturally jumps at the chance to move into Corona's house, room 106 for a mere 5,000 yen a buck. This is about $50. 
But while everything uh, goes well at first, Kotaro soon gets a lot more than he bargained for after stumbling upon a mysterious cave wa while working his part-time job. The following night, Kotaro is visited by various seemingly mythical figures, all of whom claim ownership of the poor student apartment. Among the invaders are Sanae Igeshi. Ungan, a ghost supposedly haunting the room, magical girl Eureka, alien princess Theamilis, Griffortorte, and Kiria Curano, a direct descendant of the herd people. But more importantly, each of these four girls need Kotaru's apartment for her own reasons and won't back down without a fight. It sounds like the premise for a lot of fun, but you say it's mediocre? Uh, it's kind of fun, but some episodes are mediocre. Like, obviously, it's an RM, it's a comedy, but there's one thing I liked about it is that um, uh, the girls actually progressively fall in love with the uh, main protagonist. You know, they don't like, they, they don't suddenly love him. For no reason whatsoever they act like stuff actually happens and they just kind of naturally grow into it unfortunately it just it just wasn't the best show no oh, but it's worth adding to your list you think yeah sure like i said it's um i i'm not necessarily talking always about the best best stuff but uh, just stuff that is worth talking about. Yeah, stuff that's captured your interest. Yeah, well, uh, to be honest, it's mostly everything I saw that season. With some exception. There, there is a few things I remove here and there. Yeah, stuff not interestingly bad enough to be lemons, you mean? Yeah, stuff that is just simply mediocre. Or I might mention them, but just, like, move on. Like, unfortunately, I have to do with this show. There's nothing more to say. Uh, all right, so, let's move on, then. So, all right, so this season there was Pace Dandy 2? Oh, I have not seen the second season of this. I really need to. You sure, you sure. So, anyway, nothing else to say moving on. Uh, this one is an interesting one. Love Stage. It's actually a yaoi. All right, interest waning. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I actually, uh, bizarrely enough, it was... Um, I, I remember the board I usually go to, uh, the anime board, it was prob... Uh, everyone agreed that this was actually good, and this was probably the... Um, probably one of the better Yaoi series out there. All right, convince me. I don't think I'm going to convince you that that's for sure. <laughs> well, but, convince our audience. What makes this that, interesting? It, it helps that the main character looks a bit feminine. I, I mean, l look at the main character on my anime list. Yeah, I, I see it. And it goes into the plot, uh, actually. So uh, let's just read the synopsis. With an actress, mother, producer, father, and rock star brother, anyone will accept Izumi Sena to eventually enter showbiz himself. However, aside from a commercial for a wedding magazine when he was a child, Izumi has never been in the spotlight. Instead, he aims to become a manga artist. So the main character is a massive otaku. 
But a decade after the shoot, the magazine calls for a 10th anniversary ad requesting the original child actor for the project. This reunites Izumi with Ryuma Ichijo, now a popular actor who, much to Izumi's shock, has been in love with him ever since their first meeting. However, due to Izumi's feminine appearance and unisex name, Ryuma believed the boy was a girl and continues to do so to this day. Uh, so basically, it's not explained in the synopsis, but uh, the, the famous ad uh, he had to star in like 10 years ago, uh, they cross-dressed him into a girl. No, standard Japan stuff, I guess. Yeah, and, and then, you know, the, the, there's this guy, he's been in love uh, with uh, her all along, and it's like, oh no, this is a boy. Oh no, I'm in love with a man. And then, the, you know, he ends up forcing himself and the main character, all the usual yaoi tropes. And this was actually not completely terrible. This was, this was good. I sounds, like standard, it. sounds like standard soap opera stuff. So if that's what our dear listeners are interested in, check out this gay shit. No, I'm not so prepared. It's, it's actually, it's actually, it's actually not a drama. It's, uh, it's comedy romance, so it doesn't get very drama. So, anyways, if you're interested in Yaoi, this is a decent one. All right, I'll let it go. No, 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 not usually my cup of tea, but uh, it's watchable. All right, let's so, continue. Anyways, Maji Moji Rurumo. I remember really loving the the full uh, ending song to this one. So, after an unfortunate accident, completely normal heterosexual high school student, Kota Shibaki, is branded as the school pervert. With girls avoiding Kota like the plague, truly the young man's worst nightmares come to fruition. One day in the school library, stumble upon a peculiar book that possesses the power to summon witches. Partly out of desperation, partly out of boredom, Kota d- decides to play along with the joke of a book. Ah, the, the, the weird written synopsis again. Uh, until an apprentice witch uh, going by the name of Hurimo Maji Majiruka appears before him. In an unusual turn of event, Kota ends up helping Hurimo with some uh, general witchery task in exchange soul being spared. Uh, so, Maji Rumo follows a misadventure of Rumo as she attempts to persuade Kota to use 666 magical witch-granting tickets in her efforts to become a fully-fledged witch, unaware that every single time she grants a wish, Kota's life is shortened, aided by Rumo's familiar. Uh, Chiro Kota must decide between helping Rumo or saving his own life. It was kind of um, a jar comedy magic etchy fantasy school shonen. It was kind of a cute show, uh, except for like the the the, the lolly pensu bullshit, because you can see the the witch is uh, looking quite petite. Yeah, I could live without that. Yeah, it, it, I remember it being being decent. Yeah, yeah, the premise sounds pretty fun. Kind of like a comedic death note. Yeah, but, but well, but basically, what ends up uh, happening is that uh, 
the the character uh, the, the witch she, she she's kind of one of these characters with like no emotion and he, uh, he ends up having to live with her for some reason and because it's the, anime yeah of course uh, you mentioned you liked the closing song. I checked that out uh, before starting the show. It is pretty catchy. Yeah, it is pretty good. I, I At some point, I think in episode 9 or 10, they play the whole thing during an episode, and I'm like, shit, this is good. There's like some part in the middle where the song completely changes. Like, jeez, this is good shit. Yeah, I'll add it to this episode. Nice, nice. So, anyways, moving on. Yamano Suzume uh, 2. It's still a short. Uh, it's still pretty good. Watch it. Uh, cho- moving on to Choboranyopomi Gekijo Dai Nimaku Ai Maimi Moso Catastrophe. I believe I already covered Ai Maimi previously. This should be season two. So, All right, what's that one about? It's some sort of crazy short about like a manga uh, making club, and um, we, well, they, they never do this, so it, it, the premise doesn't fucking matter. So, so I don't know what to say about it because this short is absolutely batshit insane, and you, you can't explain this shit. <laughs> yeah, like is it that kind of surreal Eastern comedy? Yes. Yes, and it's actually kind of uh, pretty funny at times. So, all right, moving on to Haikyuu. Have you heard of this one? This is a pretty big series. I've heard of it. I just know it's about sports. Yeah, it's basically uh, sports volleyball. You you, you have uh, this uh, main character, uh, Shunyu Inata, and he's really, really small, but... uh, he can really jump and um, and well, he, he he tries to get into his high school volleyball team as a first year, I believe, and the show goes from there. Uh, he, so in his own team, uh, he gets a sworn rival, Kageyama, who's a setter. And uh, together they form the most fearsome duo because um, Kageyama is a pretty good setter and uh, Inata can just, um, he can really run and jump quickly. So 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 they end up having a super strong uh, uh, quick shoot attack. So there's a lot of sports anime. What makes this one worth watching? I actually, I'm not sure. I haven't seen all that many sports anime. What what I can tell you, however, is that it has five whole freaking seasons so far. Oh, must have been a big hit. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a massive hit. Uh, yeah, it's, it's ranked uh, 91, popularity 50. On my anime list, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those shows that goes on forever. Massive tournament arc, uh, 3 billion characters. It's worth watching. It's, um, it, it's a, well, as far as I'm aware, all sports anime are kind of the same. They're all intense. They're, they're, they all uh, take their sweet time sometimes. At, uh, I mean, 
and the later season, a single set like lasted six freaking episodes. It's ridiculous, but yeah. To be honest, when I watch Shonen, I prefer to, there to be fighting and killing. No fighting and killing. <laughs> yeah, sports is just it's like the safe equivalent of that, which is okay for real life, but for fiction, I want manly shit. Give me the blood and guts. <laughs> All right, all right. So moving on, what's next? Free Eternal Summer. It's uh, the season two of that of the you know the swimming boys team. Yeah, I, 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 I you know, like everything QNE. Season one was good. Season two, I ju- just didn't care about it. Uh, so, however, I have one thing to say. Uh, it's one of the rare show that actually has English voice actor. You mean a uh, native English speaker? Yes. At some point, um, you know, the, the main character's rival, uh, the big story about him is that uh, he disappeared for years, and that's because he went uh, to train in Australia. And being Australia, he speaks in English. For some reason in this season, the main character and his rival, they go to Australia where... Um, and meet is you know his foster family where he lived there, and uh, they actually took English voice actor for the family. Obvious, well, English voice actor. They let's just say they weren't a voice actor, and it kind of shows. But uh, they 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 actually spoke English well. Yeah, and that, sti- it's it's always entertaining when they mix in a native English speaker, like in Street Fighter Three. Yeah, but that's really rare in anime. Uh, usually, they prefer to just grab some random uh, Japanese voice actor that can actually speak English. Yeah, and which always ends up being awkward but entertaining. Yeah, yeah, of course. But 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 this time it, it was actually native speaker. They they did like an okay job because it it showed that they were not. Um, voice actor but i I, that's just rare it never happens but anyways moving on uh this show maoka koko no retose uh this is the show that uh, we got a sequel of like six years after yeah this was in spring 2014 we we got a sequel just in 2020 that's crazy yeah See, the English title is The Irregular at Magic High School. Yeah, b- b- basically. In uh, the dawn of the 21st century, magic, long lost to be folklore and fairy tale, has become a systematized uh, technology and is tough as a technical skill. At the first high school, the institution for magician, students are segregated into two groups based on their entrance uh, exam scores. Blooms... Segregated schools, oh no. <laughs> Blooms, those, those who receive high scores are assigned to the first course, while weeds are reserved students assigned to the second course. So, um, so basically, upon taking the exam, the pre- the prodigious Miyuki is placed in the first course, while uh, Tatsuya is relegated to the second course. Uh, though, though his practical tech scores, 
scores and status as a weed show him to be magically inept. He possesses extraordinary technical knowledge, physical combat capabilities, and, and unique magic techniques, making Tatsuya the irregular at a magical high school. Uh, so basically, uh, it starts as an underdog story because uh, Tatsuya is absolutely amazing beyond belief. But, you know, he doesn't fit in the usual mold. So, you know, he's in the second class. So it kind of starts as an underdog story, but it kind of quickly forgets about it. The thing is that Tatsuya is actually a secret agent. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not... I don't exactly remember. Is a secret agent for what, like the government or whatever? But yeah, um, uh, he, he actually uh, keeps just running into weird threats that he uh, neutralizes, and it's actually pretty cool. It's not bad at all. However, don't go expecting it to be an underdog story for too long because, uh, you know, he eventually quickly gets accepted by everyone. Oh, that's kind of disappointing. I was hoping for a shield hero kind of story. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's why I say it. However, it, it's still pretty good. It, it, you know, it starts as an, as an underdog story, but then quickly becomes like one of those characters... Um, you know, one of those power fantasies who uh, the, the character seems to have like an answer for everything. It's it's kind of cool. So yeah, I, the premise makes it seem like the standard like Japanese worship of uh, high test scores and scholastic ability, just with magic added on top of it. Yeah, th th that's why I say that because um, I, I feel like that that that's cut that that's quite a storyline shift. Uh, but uh, whatever, let's move on to um, Kendaichi Shonen no Jikenbo R. R because Return. It's a, a, I'm not sure if it's actually a remake or if it's just um, continuing the old anime or something. Yeah, I've read some of the manga that's officially available in English. Oh, it's really? A, yeah, it's a detective story. Yeah, so basically, high school student Ajime Kendaichi is the supposed grandson of a famous private detective, Kosuke Kendaichi, visiting Hong Kong for a fashion event with uh, Kendaichi, our hero's girlfriend Miyuki, is captured by a stranger and a case of mistaken identity. The journey to save Miyuki itself leads to yet another crime case. So, so basically, it's a... Um, it's full of uh, small, unconnected arcs. Uh, they're, they're massive Udonet stories. What's that mean? Uh, well, Udonet stories, it's, it just, um, you've got a mystery. Uh, Kendaichi is in the middle of it. And then uh, there's, an there's an investigation. Um, there's a mystery. Oh, who's the murderer, etc. Eventually, Kendaichi... Um, uh, d discover things, and then there's a big reveal about some crazy f fucking thing you did not expect every time, and then you find out who did it. 
Yeah, the standard model invented by Agatha Christie. Basically. Yeah, what, from what I read of the manga, it was pretty entertaining. Like, Kendaichi himself is a, a genius at analyzing the facts. Mm. So he would make a good detective, but he's also lazy and perverted. Yeah, basically. So th th this is worth watching if you like these kind of shows. Uh, obviously, they get, they get kind of repetitive. So uh, I will uh, recommend watching, uh, like, one small arc and then later one small arc and j j just watch like this. But what? Yeah, if you binge it all at once, it's just going to yeah, you, you, flow together in your mind. Yeah, you, you're just going to get tired of it quickly. There's a second season, but I dropped it around the second season. It, it ended up being, like, a lot of the same thing. So, anyways, moving on to Abaren, Abaren Borikishi Matsutaro. This is an anime that comes from a very fucking old manga. Like a manga, I think, in the 70s or something like this. So, there's some level of censorship because this is mostly made for kids. This is kind of strange. Yeah, the English title is Rowdy Sumo Wrestler Matsutaro. Uh, I actually initially put this as my anime of the season, but I kind of switched it around. I, I remember somehow loving the fuck out of this, and I don't know why. Yeah, this premise sounds pretty good. Let me read the synopsis. All right. Matsutaro Sakaguchi is a giant roughneck man with strength far beyond ordinary people. He never uttered words like work hard, strive, and dream, like the typical shonen manga protagonist. However, he is stronger than anyone and peerless in sumo wrestling. His greatest weakness is his own carefree personality. He grows into a full-fledged sumo wrestler. This is strange. It says that Jar it's Feinen. However, it seems like part of it has been sanitized to make it more of a kid show, so I don't understand. I really don't understand, but whatever. I should see if the original manga is available in English. No, it's not. I, I think it was, uh, at the time, there was zero translation of it either. Yeah, looks like another one of those long-running sports manga that's ultra-popular in Japan, but people in the States just don't care. Yeah, but probably, but uh, I remember it being like really fun. It has a lot of uh, Saturday morning cartoon vibe, while at the same time, um, Matsutaro's antics were pretty funny because, like, he's a big idiot, and um, he, tr he always tried to be um, to get with the girl of his dream that he that doesn't want him, and it, it was just a lot of fun. So it doesn't say it's a comedy, but I'd say it's actually uh, more of a comedy than. Um, than other sports uh, anime I've seen. Yeah, it seems like an unconventional kind of sports anime. Yes, yes, basically. Uh, I, I believe it was worth watching. It's one of those shows that I strongly believe that nobody will ever talk about again. But uh, Outside of Japan, maybe. Yeah, but it, 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 it will be really unfortunate because this was really good. Yeah, add, add it to my list. All right, so moving on, we almost finished with this season. 
heureux amateur. This is actually season two of amateur. Uh, for some reason, I did not talk about um, season one. This is kind of uh, of 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 a detective show with um, with people with superpower. I'm I'm not. I I found it kind of mediocre, so I'm just going to move on. Okay. So all right. So moving on to Bakumatsu Rock. Uh, something made mostly for girls, I believe. It's uh, yeah, shoujo action music comedy historical. This one, I, I watch it because the um, the, the premise was just too crazy. So Ryoma Sakamoto wants everyone to know about his passion for rock and roll. So we roam around town uh, with his electric guitar, willing to show anyone he encounters. That he that he's just as skilled as the famous Shinsengumi stars they admire. Unfortunately, Japan doesn't allow anything other than the than that group's Evan Song, which is the Shinsengumi, for writing or performing. Different type of music is uh, forbidden and can lead to harsh consequences. So basically, this is literally a rock band with electric guitar and ancient Japan. Th- this kind of this kind of stupid, but uh, it worked. <laughs> All right. How good is the music? Uh, I remember it being pretty decent, but like it, it's very J-pop. Um, well, J-pop, J-rock. Uh, I mean, this this is aimed to girls, so you might not like it. Uh, I like some stuff that's shoujo. No, I, I remember kind of kind of liking this. And I don't remember much from it anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> so I can't I can just talk. I can just go on and go on about it. Yeah. But it turns out that, of course, the Shinsengumi, um, well, they're the villains. And um, uh, the Shinsengumi is, is uh, the samurai squad of the uh, emperor, or something like that. I believe, but in the in this universe, they're a competing J-pop band. Yeah, but they're also uh, samurai. All right. So, so they're the authority, and they always <laughs> like chasing the main characters because uh, they're doing illegal rock. Uh, kind of like it's like the equivalent of owning illegal weapons at the time. Basically. <laughs> Have you ever seen Detroit Metal City? Yes, yes. You already talked to me about it. All right. Yeah, just when I see these comedy music anime, I always come back to that. <laughs> it, it, that um, Detroit Metal City is really good. It's a short, uh, really worth watching. So, anyways, um, I've written uh, Prepara starts that season, but I've already hyped it. I think in the last episode, so I'm just going to to let it go for now. I, I'll prepare something for Prepara. I'll prepare something, but not now. All right, let's skip that kawaii ugu shit and move on to the manly punching and killing. All right, so anyways, anime of the season. Uh, first, Aldona Zero. I believe uh, Genirubachi was actually involved into that. The um, guy who wrote Madoka? Yes. L- let me just check quickly. Yeah, I just need to check the writer. I believe he did not write everything. Yet, plot designed by Genrobachi. So, so he probably just did the the basic plot of it. Um, I've been told that it's a lot like the original Gundam. 
Yeah, I watched the first few episodes of the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and it was not interesting by modern standards. Well, I was told that um, b- basically, uh, let's let just talk about the synopsis first. The there, there it is. The discovery of a hypergate on the moon once allowed the human race to teleport to Mars. Those, those who chose to settle there on Earth had technology far more advanced than that of their own planet, which they named Alna. I can't pronounce that. Anyways, this discovery led to the founding of the Verse Empire of Mars and a declaration of war against the Terrans, those who stayed behind on Earth. However, a battle on the moon later called Evans Fall caused the Hypergate to explode, destroying the moon and leading the two planets to uh, establish an uneasy ceasefire. Their peace was a fragile one, however. Fifteen years later, high school student Inao Kaizuka witnesses the plot of the assassination of the Verse Empire Princess Asylum Ver Alusia who had come to Earth in hope of uh, repairing the relationship between the Empire and its homeland. The ceasefire is shattered, and the Martians declare war on the Terrans once again, and the face of this insurmountable enemy, Inao and his friends must now fight against the Verse Empire to settle the war once and for all. So what the synopsis doesn't tell you is that uh, Mars discover ancient lost technology, like alien technology, and they have super strong um, uh, super robots that actually has a crazy powers. However, the Terrans on Earth, they have normal super robots, so how can they even fight? Well, the main character is a genius, and he somehow manages to, uh, to fight them and win. That's that's the comparison I've heard about the first Gundam. At least that's what I've been told, is that the first Gundam is actually normal robots against uh, super-powered robots or something. Yeah, this sounds like a fascinating take on the super-robot genre. I should check this out. It was actually really good. Really, really good. So uh, that's why it's anime of the season. Anything else to say about it? No, let's continue. Uh, moving on, so second anime of the season, uh, Jojo no Kimio Naboken Stardust Crusaders. So Jojo Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusader. I'll just let you go. Uh, I like Jojo a lot. It, the title is accurate. Things get bizarre. It's not just about the fighting. It's about the weird shit. Yeah, w- weird shit. Uh, indeed, that, that's part three, I believe. Yeah, this introduces stands, which are like psychic emanations that the characters use to battle each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, The creator came up with it when, I believe he was reading X-Men comics. Oh, really? And he liked that the characters all had different types of abilities. So he sort of combined that with, uh, there was a fad of uh, psychic powers in manga at the Mm -hmm. time. So he decided to combine those to have the characters fight each other using these, like, spirit creatures. Yeah, so he completely dropped the the last power. Does he give a reason for that? Nope. Uh, There's one minor piece of dialogue saying that stands are kind of an evolution of Hamon, but it's almost completely dropped. Well, it it makes no sense because, I mean, the, uh, the, the vampire is not supposed to be able to use Hamon. 
So yeah, this so <laughs> so it being an evolution will make no sense. But as, yeah, as so, far as I'm aware, the series is apparently full of weird, small contradiction nitpicks like this. But uh, just just yeah, that's part it. of the charm. I've heard that they've actually all made it into the anime too. Yeah, the Stardust Crusaders is probably the most popular part of JoJo. So it gets two full seasons with every little villain of the week. Every plot hole is kept intact. Really? You think it's the most popular? Probably. Uh, at least for me, part two is uh, my favorite. And I've heard that um, that the part with the Giorno is actually Japan's favorite. Yeah, Japan loves their pretty boys. <laughs> so maybe part five is more popular there. But yeah... Uh, I actually, actually really like that part, but it I feel like it got, uh, at least part three, uh, it got a little long in the two. Uh, yeah, with part three, they really didn't need two full seasons of this. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. I still go back and watch and reread it a lot, but yeah, the monster of the week formula gets tedious at times. Hmm. But it's all worth it for the climactic fight against Dio, who is still one of the all-time greatest anime villains. Of course, of course. The the, the fight also made it to the uh, OVA, right? The old OVA? Yeah. Yeah, the one from the 90s. Yeah, it, uh, honestly, it, it, I think it was worth watching. Uh, I recall Moon saying when he visited Japan in the 90s, mm. uh, the manga for... Stardust Crusaders was ending at the time, so he, he remembered seeing advertisements for it all over the place. Oh, yeah, the Jojo is fucking huge. It, it's it's basically one of the top ten most sold manga ever there, I believe. Yeah, it's definitely near the top. I mean, it's not for nothing that pretty much like 30% of anime will at least have a freaking Jojo reference. <laughs> If it's a if it's a comedy, it will have one for sure. Yeah, you could probably ask old Japanese men who don't care about cartoons, and they'll probably know about the anime where a guy drops a steamroller on another guy. <laughs> so yeah, Stardust Crusaders is good. Uh, I do have some minor complaints, but it, it's a whole lot of fun, and it it's a great introduction to this to anime. I've used it as such. I had one roommate who almost never seen anime besides like Pokemon, so I just showed him some of JoJo, and he loved it right yeah, away. Yeah, JoJo is actually pretty normie friendly. So if you want to show them something that's good that won't get you in trouble, jo- JoJo's fine. What do you mean, like get you in trouble? Uh, you uh, like let's say you won't show the Monogatari series to your parents. That, that, that oh, will get okay. you this song. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a kid, my parents were concerned about these ultra-violent porn cartoons I was watching. Yeah, but uh, Jojo, it should passes nowadays. It is ultra-violent, but... Well, I mean, uh, we have worse on TV here, honestly. Yeah, and with JoJo, the occasional bouts of violence, it's just part of the overall weirdness. Like, it's not the 90s anymore where uh, where freaking politicians are, are screaming about Mortal Kombat. I, I, right. I mean, have you looked at, at the original Mortal Kombat today? It, it's a joke. It's a joke now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so incredibly tame. 
by today's standards, it, but it's absolutely tame. I remember my, my my mom screaming at my sister because uh, I was playing Mortal Kombat with her, and I was like five years old or something. Yeah, I played it as a kid. My parents didn't give a shit because they realized it was just a ridiculous cartoon. Yeah, my, my dad didn't care, but 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 mom, you know, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. The, the, yeah, I could talk about Dodo for hours, but let's continue. Yeah, we, we, we just gotta move on eventually. Right. So, you're number one of the season? Alright, so anime of the season back. Come on, have you heard of this? No. It's absolutely fucking amazing. So, let's just start with the synopsis. Seshuanda uh, is an up and coming calligrapher, young, handsome, talented, and unfortunately a narcissist to boot. When a veteran label is award-winning piece as an original, Shishu quickly loses cool with severe repercussion. I, I believe it literally punched a guy. Because <laughs> he didn't like the dude's calligraphy? Uh, no, 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 because he didn't like the, the dude's critic of his calligraphy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, as punishment, and also in order to aid him in self-reflection, Shishu's father exiled him to the Goto Islands. Far from the comfortable Tokyo lifestyle the temperamental artist is used to. Now, thrown into a rural setting, Seshu must attempt to find new inspiration and develop his own unique art style. That is, if boisterous children, aided by the frisky Naru Kotoshi Fujoshi Middle Schooler, uh, an energetic old man uh, stopped barging into his house. The newest addition to the intimate and uh, quirky Goto community uh, only wants to get some work done, but the, uh, the island are far from the peaceful countryside he signed for. Thanks to his wacky neighbors, who are entirely incapable of minding their own business, the arrogant calligrapher learns so much more than he ever hoped for. So basically, this is a 10 out of 10 series. Really? Uh, you liked it that it's much? It's fucking amazing. Like, it's fucking amazing from A to Z. Huh. It is sometimes interesting to watch an artist who tries to, like, suffer for their art. Man, I cannot believe this came from a web manga. So what makes this so good? Uh, I, I can't tell you. This is a comedy and slice of life. And it just every episode, it, it's just that... It, you really feel what it's like to live in uh, a small island community because you know r rural community everyone just ends up uh, knowing each other yeah and well the, the main character really gets to know everyone on the island and it's it just simply amazing you, you i i can't tell you why but the yeah, I don't have the words for it. It's been so long, but you really have to experience for yourself because it's quite the experience. Okay, it's only 12 episodes. I will add this to the best of your list list. <laughs> it must be massive by now. Uh, I can show you later. All right, all right. So let's go to the Lemon Tokyo ESP. I believe it's one of the first few drops i've had it was just freaking boring i was like oh a, ca a character with superpower is going to be cool nope it was boring and i don't remember shit from it so uh lemon 2 jinshi 
Uh, Jinsei, I believe it's made by the same staff that made the lovely uh, Good Job uh, Club, uh, GDBU. Is it maybe the same mangaka also? Be- because I've seen reference to uh, G- Good Job Boo in uh, this anime. Let just me check if it's the same. Um, there's literally no staff. No, uh, oh, there we go. Story. Not at all. So it might just be like the, the same studio or something. I don't know. I don't know. So what was so bad about it? Oh, God, it was insufferable. Uh, basically, it's, it's it's a group of uh, four high schooler. Um, uh, they're in some sort of live co- counseling club, and uh, they get anonymous notes, which are read really fucking quickly in the show. So you have to press pause and actually read the darn thing. And um, and of course, after that, they, they go do some test, and it was just. God darn boring. I, I, I couldn't believe that uh, a comedy like this could be this bad. Uh, so seven years later, all you remember is the note passing? Uh, yes. Yes, I remember that I had to pause and just read the darn thing and it was annoying. And then they get like into Zen testing situation. It was stupid. It was boring. And it wasn't worth watching. Like, I usually excuse uh, comedies a lot. There's a comedy uh, later on that I've dropped that I will talk about. The the comedy, uh, Jeshin Chan, it, uh, that comedy literally ran out of joke episode one. It got three fucking seasons. Shameful. Three seasons. Shame for the spray. But it's still a comfortable watch somehow. Even if it's not very good, Jinsei was just insufferable. Like, I couldn't believe it. Well, for fall 2014, you've given me a lot to add to my list. A uh, summer, summer. Sure, summer. <laughs> fall uh, comes after, I believe. Uh, we've already been going for how long? Hour and two minutes. D- do we go on or do we stop here? Now nah, let's stop here. Let's talk about video games uh, for a little bit instead. Sure. What have you been playing? Uh, the uh, Trials of Mana remake. Or Seiken Densetsu 3. Ah, uh, yeah. I remember when that first got an English fan translation. Yeah. In I, like early 2000s. Crazily enough, I remember like uh, it's it's among one of the first game I've emulated online. And uh, it was a French patch or something. I never played it, though. But anyway, uh, like a year or two ago, I've actually gotten the Mana Collection on Switch. And, uh, well, the first game on the Game Boy, which was actually called Final Fantasy Adventure. Yeah, I had that as a kid. I got stuck about halfway through, it's, ran out of keys. Uh, for Europe, it's actually called Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, not to be confused with Final Fantasy Mystic Quest on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's a confusing name <laughs> that they would later reuse. So, uh, anyways, the first game is actually pretty good. Uh, it, it's, Zelda, it, it's Zelda-like, but with a leveling system. And and you got stuck because you ran out of key. This is weird because you can buy keys uh, as many as you like. Oh, maybe I ran out of Maddox. 
for smashing walls. Yeah. In the first one. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh... The inventory management is a bit annoying because you have to uh, you have to smash walls and you have to bring keys. However, uh, I think the the only problem is Matog because I think there's always a monster that drop keys. But uh, later on, this is never told to you in the game. Uh, you get a, a new like uh, ball and chain weapon, and it can actually wreck walls. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> quarter of a century since i played yeah of course of course but uh, i'm not surprised you got stuck because there was a lot of times where i almost got stuck and you actually have to activate your gamer sense to uh, actually move on yeah i do remember i did pass the palm trees in eight when i was a kid this fucking shit okay what happens with the palm tree puzzle is that you're supposed to give a very rare item to some asshole, uh, so he gives you uh, how to do it, the, um, and where it is. The problem is that the, the 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 part where you have to go is kind of in a labyrinthine uh, part that I almost didn't find, and also the 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 drop item that you have to get is actually an incredibly rare drop. I've actually grinded for like an hour and never got it. Oh, but it's necessary to continue the game? No, because I eventually found the place. And uh, basically, uh, it's two palm tree with three switches. And you have to walk in an eight circle. Uh, You know that the switches are there because when you walk on it, the game just kind of stops as if it did something. There's some kind of, um, you know... You walk normally, and then when your character walks on this tile, it just kind of uh, stops, and it's weird. You're like, mm, something's going on with these tiles. And so I just did a, a, a figure eight around the tree and discovered it randomly. Oh. <laughs> so, so anyways, a pretty good game. Uh, Secret of Mana, that game did not age well. Yeah, I, I haven't played it recently. I, I've actually um, almost finished it um, something like 10 years ago, but I was a dumbass. Uh, I actually did not use any magic, and this is not recommended. Not at all. In that game, don't you use magic by going through the menu and like tediously scrolling to the spell you want to use? Yeah, uh, y- yes and no. It's actually a ring menu. It's not that bad. The problem is that the... Uh, the long animation uh, stops uh, the combat, and you have to level up your magic, which is uh, very repetitive. The The big problem is that in this game, uh, for an action RPG, Square Enix really fucked up. So in Secret of Mana, uh, what really sucks is that the, um, the battle system is really weird, and that um, apparently this is... Uh, Okay, so you don't know if either your it is not hitting the enemy because the game is buggy, or if the enemies are actually evading your it, or if, uh, you know, if it's building into the game. The problem is that um, th- there's no indication of, of like a miss or something. So, so you, keep, you keep thinking... Uh, 
is the hit detection buggy? Am I actually missing the enemy? And it really sucks because for an action RPG, it happens way too often. Yeah, I played this game as a kid, but it was only on a rental, so I didn't get very far. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a long game, and uh, there's a lot of parts where you can get stuck. But anyways, the, the bosses are fucking awful because uh, you're kind of slow. And if you really want to do damage, you have to charge your move. And with every weapon level of all that you get, uh, you have to charge a whole level. So let's just say you get the maximum level 9 uh, near yeah. the end of the game. You have to charge level 1, level 2, level 3, up to 9 every fucking time. And just imagine charging this long only for your hit to not hit at all. That that really fucking sucks. Yeah, sounds tedious, but like I said, I haven't played it recently. Yeah, well, basically it's tedious and the bosses moves quickly. So, uh, yeah, I've had a bad time years ago. At this time, I've actually leveled up my magic. What really sucks also is that magic makes the bosses completely trivial. If you've actually bothered leveling your magic properly, you completely destroy them. So it's really badly balanced. Mm. Wikipedia says it was programmed primarily by Nasser Gabelli. Oh, yeah, that ad guy. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he... Uh, programmed the first couple of Final Fantasy games almost completely on his own. Yeah, yeah, he, he got uh, scouted by Square Enix because he did some pretty uh, crazy Apple II conversion. And if if I remember correctly, uh, I think that the NES chip was similar or something. The 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 NES CPU, and that that that's why they um, they went to seek him. Yeah, apparently that guy was so good at programming. Like, this guy had an almost flawless memory. He could code in, like, machine code. Yeah, that's crazy. Actually, for, for how much I'm shitting on Secret of Mana, at the, at the time it came out, uh, it was a pretty big success. I, I mean, uh, uh, no other company could, could have made a game like this, I think. Yeah, apparently it, it was such a big success that Nesser Gabelli retired, and he hasn't worked a day since. Oh yeah, uh, I believe that somehow he managed to uh, uh, when Square was a smaller company. Um, uh, I think he get um, he, he still gets money from that work. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's really awesome. But yeah, anyways, a secret of mana. Uh, also, what sucks is the CPUs. Yeah, the AI for your two companion characters. Yeah, the, the, the problem is that the AI are constantly stuck um, as if you're playing two players uh, or three players because, um, you, you know, uh, screen limits and everything, it applies to the AIs too. Okay, how does it affect them? The, hmm? How does it affect the AI? Well, basically, if they get stuck in a corner because of the screen... Uh, they, they, they're stuck as if, you know, you were playing two players. So you have to go get them, get them unstuck. Oh, that sounds obnoxious. Yeah, it's kind of obnoxious. So I, I, I don't recommend um, playing it alone like this. But play it with a friend or something. 
Uh, and the story really sucks. The NPC has nothing to say, so you can just skip all this shit and uh, and just fight ahead. But anyway, Secret of Mana has not aged very well, but I finally conquered it. I like it better than I used to, but... Uh, however... Uh, uh, does the version on the Switch, does it have any new stuff to it? Uh, or no, no. It's just a straight port? Yeah, just a straight port. What's cool, however, is that uh, they actually bothered to translate the uh, Seiken Densetsu 3, or now called Trials of Mana on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. N- not only this, uh, it's an actual real ROM, and it works on a real Super Nintendo. Like, it's, it's the translation is no emulator trick. It's a real, properly translated ROMs. Oh, it only took them 25 years. Yeah, well, well, the, the thing is that uh, Trial of Mana, the um, the script from the remake is accurate to the original. So they were like, if we're going to do this, let, let, let's just release the collection. Why not? Yeah. And they actually did. And uh, Trials of Mana is absolutely, it's kind of phenomenal. The, of course, the, the battle system is a bit um, outdated. And uh, the, the the magic system still stops the fights, but it's it's so pretty. It works well, and it's just wonderful. But going on to the remake, it's probably one of the best remake of all time. It improves the game. It's a full 3D um, uh, action RPG, uh, which are actually kind of rare somehow. Uh, the battle system is great, and it's actually completely accurate to the original game. Really? Yes. At, at least so far, it's just like the original game, but in 3D. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Well, other than the battle system, but I mean, it's not as if they had any choice. Yeah, in Second and Setsu 3, that lets you choose which characters you want to have in your party, right? Yeah, basically... Uh, uh, how it works is that you have six characters. You choose one uh, s- that you will have uh, the main story for, and then two other characters uh, to follow you, that uh, that you meet uh, during your quest. Um, but basically, for real, there's uh, three uh, endgame scenarios, so uh, depending on which you chose. Okay, so lots of replayability. Yeah, and then the remake, there's a new game plus, there's a new difficulties, uh, there's a, a fourth class that you uh, that has been added, and uh, even some uh, post-game super bus. Man, sounds like a really nice complete package. I need to check this out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a really nice remake. I'm playing on Switch. Uh, obviously, Switch... Uh, it surprisingly doesn't have. Um, it runs well on Switch, actually. Other than cutscenes, which which sometimes have some pretty massive pop in at the beginning of them, uh, I've extremely rarely encountered some slowdown. But obviously, the game is not as pretty on Switch. Uh, you can go like in in castle uh, and castles or something. And you can see some sort of metallic wall. The, the texture has been all fucked, but you know that that's what you get for playing on a uh, on a console that's less powerful. But uh, otherwise, the, the the game runs pretty well on Switch too. Yeah, I'll play that after recording this episode. That sounds like a lot of fun. 
No, yeah, it's, it's it's really good. So I really recommend it. And they, uh, oh yeah, they, they completely fixed the leveling system. Uh, oh, that, even better. That's good. If I recall correctly, the the uh, the the luck stat was kind of stupid because it uh, uh, it it only affected the chest. They they removed the dumb chest system. And you actually get some real chess in the map because the original game there was no chess. I believe there, there's like three chess in the entire game in the original game. And this one, you actually have shit to find. And in the world map, yeah, it sounds pretty rad. No, it's it's really really good. So uh, it's it's on Steam. Unfortunately, you just you most likely missed uh, a big sale, but uh, uh, how expensive is it? Seem? Uh, let me check. I, I know it's often on um, on sale on um, for all consoles and probably Steam too. So uh, it's about like sixty dollars Canadian. So it's it's full priced, but wait for a sale. Okay, there's always the pirate bay too. If I want to try it before I buy it, apparently it's no longer using Denuvel, so that's one thing to consider. Okay, and it, it it should run on pretty much any computer, really. I, I I'm ch I'm checking the recommended settings, and it's it's kind of low, honestly. It's not all that high. So, anyways, that um, the, the mana series, uh, uh, both the collection and and the new remake, well worth watching. And today, they just announced uh, on the Nintendo Direct for all console and even PC, I believe, um, a Legend of Mana uh, HD um, HD remaster. Yes, just like they they did for Final Fantasy VIII and extra. Is Legend of Mana the PS1 game? Yes. Yeah, I remember that having really beautiful backgrounds, but I don't remember anything else about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I know that it's has some pretty crazy premise with uh, with like worlds that you can create or some really weird shit. But anyways, apparently it's probably one of the last uh, good mana game they ever made because. Everything that came after was a disaster. Yeah, I played one on the DS. I forget the name, but it, it was pretty forgettable. Was it Heroes of Mana? It, it probably was. I, I've heard about this, and uh, I've, I've just heard about this today. And uh, the, the 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 poster that that posted about it, uh, well, it it was extremely negative. It's something like one of the worst game you've ever played. <laughs> So yeah, so anyways, the Mana series is doing pretty good right now, and if we get any other game like Trials of Mana, uh, which uh, is actually... Um, it, it got some pretty decent uh, budget for uh, for the game it ended up to be, which is a pretty big far cry from the Secret of Mana remake they made, which was a hot disaster. Yeah, I remember that getting bad reviews. Oh, apparently it's terrible. Don't play it. But play the original, and even there, the the original is like, eh, uh, you must like uh, old school games to to play it, or else you're gonna have a bad time. 
Yeah, but I'm gonna go play Trials of Mana after this. Oh yeah, you go play it and uh, tell me what to think about it in the next episode. Okay. Yeah, last time we recorded, we talked about uh, Radiant Historia. Oh yeah, did did, did you see the, uh, the the dub I've sent you? Uh, no, I've just sorry, I must have missed that. I've just been uh, playing playing the game regular. Ah, uh, no problem. But the dub English dub is pretty good. Yes, it's pretty good. Uh, I I compared it with the Japanese dub, and it's kind it's similarish enough. Like the the the, the character voice are not too far from the original, and it's actually well acted, so it passes. So, uh, w- which version uh, did you pick up? I picked up the 3DS version. Oh, really? The, with the, uh, some extra stuff. Are you emulating it? No, I have a modded 3DS, so I just okay. grabbed the ROM. Good, good. And it came with all the DLC. Oh, yeah. Uh, j- j- just a warning. Uh, app- uh, and the game... Uh, the, the game apparently gives you it gives you the option uh, if you want to play the original or with the added content but it's kind of stupid because as far as I'm aware the added content uh, pretty much only comes post game so there's no reason to not accept it at least as far as I've read uh, with the DLC I think you have to be a certain level to access the different parts of it Oh, I didn't purchase any of that. They're uh, actually, I didn't either. They're actually uh, pretty cheap. They're all like $2.50 or something like that. Like but, I said, it just came with the ROM when I got it. But yeah, uh, don't play this game on hard. You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah, it requires quite a lot of strategy, even on regular mode. Yeah, I don't doubt it. But on hard, like basically, everything's... Uh, Every fight can just wreck you if you're not careful enough. Yeah. Uh, in terms of other Japanese games, I've been playing this Metroidvania starring the elf girl from Record of Lodos War. Oh, I've, I've heard about that. What was it called? It's called Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth. I have it oh, on Steam. Is this a new game? Yeah, it's still in early access, so the game's not complete. Yes, yes, I've heard about it. I think I added it to my wish list. How good is it? It's a lot of fun. It has a number of different systems within it. Like, there's a fire and ice elemental system. Uh, There's different spells you can get. Uh, Uh, Do you have to watch the anime to understand the game? No. Like, sometimes a character from the anime will show up in a cutscene, but you can safely skip them and just get to the action. All right, all right. But it is in early access, so at some point you beat a boss, and it just tells you, oh, this is incomplete. Come back later. Uh, can you tell me how it's spelled? I, I don't remember. I'll send you a link in the mumble chat. Yeah, it, all right. It will be in the uh, in the show's notes anyway. So I think the same company also made that uh, Shin Megami Tensei Metroidvania, where you play as Jack Frost. Oh, is it that guy? Because as far as I'm aware, it's not a company. It's like a single guy. Oh, that's that's an impressive achievement if one guy did all of it, including the graphics. Yeah, l- l- let me check quickly because... Um, uh, w- w- why is the company called Why So Serious? I can't fucking find this shit. Uh, oh, they also did uh, Toho Luna Nights. Which is also another decent Metroidvania. 
Dorasso, Jack Frost, uh, Metroidvania. L l let me search it. I, I, I won't see if it's truly just one guy, but as far as I'm aware, I think yes. There we go. Yeah, that Jack Frost game was really short. I beat it in like an hour, but it was fun. Yeah, it was given for free, so, you know. Yeah. But this new Deedlet game is a lot of fun. I just can't find any info on it, so whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I believe it was maybe made by like one, one person. I know the publisher is Playism, and Playism actually, um, as far as I'm aware, they, they focus on uh, small indies, mostly. Yeah, I'm looking at their uh, Steam page and... It's all small, mostly Japanese indie games. Yeah, like uh, I know them from uh, La Mulana. Oh, yeah. Did, did I already talk about La Mulana? Uh, no, but I'm familiar with both games. God, La Mulana is probably the, the best Metroidvania I've ever played. Like, like literally, I, I've, never, uh, I've never really played something like this, but it's hardcore as all of fuck. It's completely evil. Yeah, the puzzles in La Mulana are unbelievably difficult. Yeah, Just you, the absolute hardest in the industry. You, you will need a guide. Uh, what I recommend is playing until you, you, you're just doing nothing for an hour and then see a guide about a very specific park. Because the thing is that um, uh, there's some games we call the Metroidvanias, but they're, they're not actually very open. Hell... Super Metroid, if you do not do any special technique to... Um, uh, the sequence break? Yes, sequence break is the word I was searching for. Uh, Super Metroid is actually pretty linear. Yeah. Uh, th this one, however, obviously you need a certain amount of things to be able to go on. But the amount of stuff that you can do at a time is fucking massive. Like, there's some time-stopping item that I could have gotten at the, like, at the beginning of the game that I got, like, nearly at the end of the game uh, until I really needed it, you know? Yeah, and La Molana, it's one of those games that drops you in the middle of a gigantic maze and gives you no instructions, no yeah. clues. Just have go, fun. go have fun, figure stuff out, get stuck. Uh, and also what's evil about it is that you practically can't heal. There's uh, there's like only, I believe, uh, two hot spring in the entire game where you can heal. Uh, otherwise, you just collect a green orb until the, uh, the bar is filled, which heals you, which you get by defeating enemies. So it's a very fucking hard game. No potions. There's no potions either. Uh, there's a really good review of La Mulana 2. I saw when it first came out. I'll put that in the show notes. All right, all right. La Mulana 2, unfortunately, I backed it, but I have not played it yet because I was pissed at my Switch Pro controller. Oh, did it break? Uh, no, but basically, um, the, the first run, or maybe it happens uh, still, uh, the D-pad fucking sucks. But basically, uh, the D-pad, um, the directions are, you know, the uh, that you can press are pretty massive. The problem with it is that if if I press like the the direction, um, or let's just say left, 
but I press it just a bit to up, it will also do up at the same at the same time. This is kind of dumb. Uh, the the D-pad is not good. However, you can open it and put some tape in some very specific spot, just like normal uh, transparent tape, and it apparently fixes it. I've not done this yet. I have a Wii U Pro controller anyways that I use with a 8-bit Do uh, retro adapter that actually works on Linux, no problems. So I'm using that now. Yeah, I have a Switch. I, I have some of the standard controllers that come with it, and I bought a special Zelda one that has a better D-pad. Mm -hmm. Oh, a third-party controller or something? Well, it's Nintendo, so it's first party but no, i'm not sure the, there's actually some third party controller that have um uh well license uh, nintendo stuff on them oh well, that's probably it but uh, the, but the uh, the one that i that i'm thinking of they're actually uh they, they don't look all bad uh, how was it called like power a something maybe yeah i can't remember the name all right whatever Put it in the show note later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think I've pretty much uh, talked about everything I wanted to talk. Anything else to add? Uh, more games, whatever? Mm. No, that's the only Japanese game I've been playing lately. All right, all right, perfect. So uh, le let's try to talk about the uh, 2020 uh, year next week because uh, we're just about due. Yeah, uh, I'll watch the series you recommended and take a bunch of notes. Yeah, you watch some of the episode of the series. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I don't, I don't expect you to watch like seven series in like a, a week or two. That's gonna... well, it's possible, but uh, yeah, if I really like one of them, I'll watch all the episodes. All right, all right, all right. If there's nothing else, I'll end this. Perfect. So, uh, see you next time. And we just uh, uh, there's still fall left for 2014. God yeah. damn it, we're never gonna <laughs> finish this. Yeah, long journey ahead of us. Yeah, but at least we we have like uh, infinite am amount of potential content. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You've given me a lot of stuff I want to watch. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun too. The the, the this is great. Uh, uh, you know, rediscovering everything I've done uh, through the decade. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, dear listener, check out shitposter.club to see more of our shit. It's really fun. Better than Twitter. All right. Good night. Bye. Mm-hmm.